Care to Self Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. This is probably, no, for sure, definitely the last intro slash episode I will ever record in this apartment, which means absolutely nothing to you because all you hear is my voice. You don't even see where I'm recording, but it means something to me because this is where I started the podcast in January, and it's just crazy. I'm really, you know... Well, hi. I'm just hitting the ground running here. I I really didn't think this move would hit me, and it weirdly is. Like I thought it would be one of those things where it just it just doesn't hit you until like you're sleeping in the new apartment or something, but looking around at this apartment, it's very significant to me. It's the only hopefully <laughs> the plan is the only time I will ever live alone in my entire life. Like, it's it's kind of weird to be moving in with someone that, I mean, you know you're going to marry. It's just kind of crazy. It's a big life moment. And just looking around at this apartment, like, I lived here alone for the past two years. I started a podcast. I got really serious with YouTube here. I did record some videos at my other apartment with my roommate and a little bit at home over the pandemic. But... This apartment is really where I threw myself into content creation and made the decision to and had the space to make big decisions like leaving the nine to five life and like creating new habits and really focusing on myself and starting journaling and tuning in and that all happened here. So I just I really do feel super nostalgic looking around. It feels really weird. I am having my best friend come over tomorrow night for my last night here because I just I, I don't know I just feel weird like I need to hang out with someone or I'm gonna feel weird and sad and I don't want to but to be clear I couldn't be more excited or more confident or more ready to move in with Ethan and also to live on the west side I guess this goes into what's in alignment this week but it's not really what I planned on talking about we'll get into in alignment in a sec but I'm so excited to live on the west side. Like, I'm such an east side girl. I love the east side, love the east village. But, like, I live in Murray Hill right now, and I chose space. You kind of have to choose space or location when you're living in New York City, especially on a budget. So I chose space. I'm so glad I did for all the reasons I just mentioned with content creation and the pandemic. But I'm so excited to, like, live on the west side to Ethan and I love to go on walks like after dinner just like our nighttime walks and they're really not that pleasant in this area so I'm excited to like walk along the water on the west side and then my best friend a bunch of I actually have multiple people down there that I'm close to literally on 15th street like I have a few friends a few very very close friends that are right there and I'm just excited to be able to like grab coffee with them and have it be easy to hang out at night and not have to like Uber home because it's not safe to subway and that's basically what I have to do now to see a friend. So I'm just really excited. I used to get really giddy like when I would wake up at Ethan's apartment in the East Village and then walk to work and I was I just used to get very giddy 
walking around on his street because it was so cute. And I'm excited to have that feeling again. Like, I don't really feel that, like, giddy New York City vibe over here in Murray Hill. It's it's just a more of a convenience thing over here. But I'm also excited because my apartment will be 20 times tinier to have better acoustics. I feel like I have an echo in here and it's hopefully going to be way more cluttered and and noise controlled in the other apartment. All right, so thanks for letting me give that little life update and let's hop into what was in alignment for us this week and what was out of alignment for us this week. If you're new, we do this every week and I would love for you guys to do the same on your own and reflect on your week as well. All right, so what was in alignment for me this week was, well, for one, jumping over from last week, I told you that I wanted to really focus on a morning routine this week and like I knew that was going to help me just get through this week and I did. I did maintain my morning routine last week. I I didn't meditate every single day by any means, but I made sure to at least make my coffee and have time for myself every morning and relax and wake up by 7.30 every day and just get in more of a structure and a routine and I did and it really helped. It really helps me just like keep my shit together and actually today, it's Monday, so the day before you're listening to this, I woke up at 7 a.m. No, did not wake up at 7 a.m. I woke up at 6 a.m. to leave my apartment at 6.30 for a 7 a.m. workout class. I did rumble training at 7 a.m. I honestly don't think I would have made it if it weren't, and it's Truly because I had such a crazy day today and I live by my Google Calendar and there was so much in there and like really the only option was the 7 a.m. class and usually waking up in the pitch dark I would not have made it to class but I just happened to get up to pee and then I went to get back into bed and my alarm went off and I was like all right we're just gonna stay up and thank god I did because I feel really good at the end of the day today I still, there was still so much more to be done. I did not even pack and I'm moving in two days. So when you listen to this, I'm moving tomorrow on Wednesday. So wish me luck. Today, Tuesday is going to be a full unpacking day because I've barely made a dent. But I did maintain my routine and prioritize my mornings the past week. And that's really what I wanted to get back into. So I'm very happy about that. And then also over the weekend, I hung out with my best friend and it's just been a minute since I've just like had a night to hang out, have wine night with a friend, talk all night and just have like a girl's night. Sounds so cheesy, God, but it's true. Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I either go for dinner and stuff and I'm super social or I'm like a hermit. And now that I work at Rumble multiple nights a week, it's like the nights I'm not working I'm either, you know, Ethan's here, so I want to give him my attention or, yeah, so it's just, it's been a minute. And then also such a mood booster is something I realized over the past few days is that when I'm at Rumble, I laugh so much and I already know some of my coworkers listen to this and they're going to be so excited for the shout out, but when I'm at Rumble with my friends, like, I laugh so much and because I've been cooped up for so long and like I said, like, I don't know I just it's been a weird summer because when you live in New York City like I feel a lot of people aren't here and I'm here 24 7 so it hasn't been like it's been really social like 
on the weekends, like going away and stuff. I don't know, but I feel like I haven't seen my like close, close friends that crack me up in a while. And I just laugh so much at Rumble. We're all becoming like a little family and I just love it. I love how much I love going to work. I never thought I would say that. And it's so rare and I'm just so grateful that I took the leap to be happier because I genuinely am. I really thought I'd be sick of it by now. Like, you know, a minimum, uh, like a, a front wage, front wage. Oh my God, I have to sleep. A front desk job. I thought I'd be like over it by now, but I just love everyone so much. It's so fun. Yeah, so that was what was in alignment for me this week. I think we all know it was out of alignment this week. It's just the stress of moving. I hate to harp on it, but like it's just all the little things. It's like you have to get boxes. And why are boxes so expensive? I don't know. You have to change your spectrum. So I had to like call spectrum, be on hold for a million years, Get an appointment for the cable guy to come. I'm selling my stuff on Facebook Marketplace. Luckily, that was like a breeze. I sold my TV and a bookshelf in like two seconds. Very normal people showed up, took it from me, Venmo me. I'm still alive. So that was actually easier than I thought. But it's just like all of those things. Like it's just not fun on top of work. So yeah, that's that on that. But it's funny because all week I thought it was just the most stressful, awful week. But Once you reflect back and really think about what was in alignment and what made you happy, there's so many gems. And yeah, I'm just grateful for that. So thank you for giving me the space every week to reflect on it. And that's why I hope you guys do too, because it really does help. So let's all breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. (sighs) Okay, let's introduce our guest of this week, Katie Sands of the brand Honestly Kate. I am obsessed with her. I love a pleasant surprise. I truly, like, I definitely knew of her, but I didn't religiously follow her by any means before connecting with her to come on my podcast. And that's the best part of having a podcast is, like, just being pleasantly surprised and connecting with people that you're not even, like, thinking of or wouldn't expect to. And I just related with her on so many levels, which you will hear in this podcast. And I love that we were talking about therapy and we'll get into everything we discussed in a minute, but I just connected with her and related with her so much. And I love a pleasant surprise. So Katie Sands is a woman of many hats. She's an entrepreneur an influencer, content creator, and she's Amazon lives style host. She was named the do good influencer of our time by guest of a guest. She has made it her goal to partner with brands that give back to honorable causes. Katie's thoughtful use of her influence has earned her widespread admiration across the globe. And ultimately, her goal is to inspire everyone to build the lives of their dreams. And we definitely talk about that, like how she uses her influence, not only for good, but also not, you know, people can really treat you when you have a large audience as if you know everything about everything. And she's really great about bringing resources to her platform. So she uses her platform to bring other people on, like her therapist, her dermatologist, to hear from professionals on great advice. And she doesn't like pretend to know it all. She brings on professionals. So we definitely dove into that. We spoke about her whole journey from theater to having a personal brand, like how she even got here. We talked about creating community, talking about mental health online, and like I said, sharing resources on her platforms. 
We also speak about how to stay true to yourself with a big audience and how to disconnect and really be present with the people that you love in your life when your job is social media and how we can avoid addiction. The realities of working for yourself as an entrepreneur, how to break into the influencer industry during the age of saturation, and we dive into a whole conversation also about therapy, her experience going to therapy, how to find a therapist, the difference between therapy versus a grief counselor, and all of that. So I loved this conversation. She was so easy to talk to, and I think you guys will gain a lot from it. So please leave this podcast a review if you haven't already. I've been reading such thoughtful ones and I appreciate it so much. And I also did want to give a quick shout out just because I can't even believe this deal. But this is not sponsored on the podcast, but I did work with Fridge No More on Instagram for an Instagram ad. And I just like could not believe the value of this promotion, this discount code that they gave me for you guys. And I couldn't believe that basically they deliver to really everywhere in Brooklyn and New York City. And they deliver groceries in under 15 minutes. And I just couldn't believe that it was actually under 15 minutes. Like, I could not get over that. And then that they also gave you guys 50% off your grocery order. Like, it's different if it was 50% off every, anything else. But to have it off of groceries, like, I just... I, I have to share it as widely as I can because that is huge. So use code GEN50 for 50% off Fridge No More. It's an app. Groceries, do it. I just like had to share the wealth. So without further ado, let's get into the episode with Katie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love of that. Of course. Earlier, I feel like I like feel like the summer's flying by, but I'm like so happy to still continue to be able to like record podcasts and do things before the craziness of the fall comes. I know. I'm also. I feel like I'm the only person who is over summer and is like ready for like a cozy New York time. Like I love. Love the good weather, but like I'm ready for the fall vibes, like the sweater weather. I'm just so over it. I mean, actually, I'm on the same page as you. I'm actually really full winter look right now. I just am so ready for fall. Also, I recently adopted a dog and she hates the heat. There is nothing she hates more. So it's been so difficult, you know, to like take her out and be in the heat with her. So I feel like once the fall comes, my favorite season, everything will be better. Well, hopefully your dog doesn't mind snow. <laughs> I I know. I have she's I don't think she's ever been in the snow because she was we rescued her from Texas, so she's never had snow before, so let's cry. Yeah, she probably hates the heat. She's like traumatized from Texas. Seriously. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, well we start every episode with your top self care tip that has played a role in your success. My top self care tip. Oh my gosh, I feel like I have so many, so let me try to My top self-care tip is to always focus on your mental health, no matter what you have going on in life, that like your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And you need to do things that, that light your flame in your mind. So I feel like whether that's therapy, whether that's, um, watching a TV show, whether that's going to get your favorite food item or order it in, anything that you know is going to really help your mind and be at ease. 
happen. What is that for you? For me, I feel like every time I feel super overwhelmed or I know I have a really big day going up, just it sounds so silly and superficial, but just ordering in like my favorite food for my favorite, totally. whether it's like Ruby Rosa tie-dye pizza, just something that I know I'm going to enjoy so much. That's going to get me in a good mood and then like take a bath after it. To me, that's just like the best night ever. I totally get that, especially in New York City. Like there are so many ama- Postmates in New York City, even like caviar is even better. Like there is nothing like it. I mean, there's nothing like it. I had to delete Postmates off my phone because I had a <laughs> severe addiction to Postmates, especially over the last year, you know, when like some yeah. places weren't open indoors and I was craving the food so badly and it was too cold to sit outdoors. I, so I had to delete Postmates, but I still have caviar. So my fiance is like, that does not count. Like you can't have one (laughs) delivery app, but not the other. It's either you have no delivery apps. And I'm like, you know what? You're right that they have different things on them. They do. Also caviar always has good deals. Postmates never has a good deal. And Postmates, not to like completely bash Postmates on your pod (laughs) right now, but like they, their delivery charges are so absurd. And I was spending all of my money on Postmates where I was like, I should just get up and move my ass and like go pick up the food myself because this is crazy. And I heard that they don't tip necessarily their server, like they don't, uh, their delivery men and women as well. So I switched to caviar. Oh my God, I'm boycotting Postmates. I I'm honestly, so, okay, now I, I haven't no, better now. So I don't want to like, I don't even know anyone who works there personally. So I don't feel that bad, but like you never know. <laughs> There's no actual information to back this up. Disclaimer, yeah, but I haven't been using Postmates either. So that's, I, they just charge way too much, mm-hmm. but I want to take it all the way back with you. Like you, I feel like, are one of the first influencers, and I feel like you've done so, so much in your career over the past however many years, and I just want to take it all the way back. Like, how did you even get here? How did you start? Like, you do way more than just fashion at this point. You're involved in philanthropy, and, like, we'll get into all of that, but how did you start? Okay, so how I started, honestly, Kate, the brand was kind of a little... I'll make the story short. So I always wanted to go into theater production. That was my dream. I went, I studied it in undergrad. And then I actually went to a grad program to study theater production as well. I always loved acting and singing and um, costume design, but I also really liked the production side of things. So I studied sound design, um, lighting, like everything that comes under a production hub. So I always really liked what went into telling the story of a character And that was what my goal was in life, to be a producer on Broadway and or to act on Broadway. That was my dream. And it wasn't until I realized that that it wasn't as much fun for me. It didn't like light my fire as much when I did it in real life and and not as a hobby and a passion when I started doing it out in the world. And I didn't love the people in the industry. I didn't like... I didn't find myself as excited. So I started, I loved costume design and I loved following different costume designers around, especially costume designers that use contemporary clothing on their actors. So for an example, like the biggest one in the industry is Patricia Fields, who did Sex and the City, Gossip Girl, Younger. And when I, when I first, um, 
kind of recognize that you can use contemporary clothing on actors and actresses. I started putting it on myself just to highlight what I was sharing. And I made an account called Honestly Kate so that no one in the theater world could actually find my name because they didn't really like social media people at the time. And it was really kind of just for myself and for my friends. And it kind of gained this popularity on, on its own. And then I realized, oh, this is a whole industry that's out there. I can make, I can monetize this myself and go from there. And so I kind of felt like, okay, wow, I can create a whole entire company and brand based off of social media and just doing what brings me happiness and sharing my outfits, sharing my, sharing my like reviews on everything, whether it's clothes, beauty, food. And I loved doing it. And I love that I was able to connect with so many different people from across the world, all ages. Um, and it, it took off from there. That's the start. I feel like that was a very long start, but that's what no. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, so how long ago was that? Like what year was that? That was 2017. Okay. So it was like you, you tried to do theater for a little bit, like a year or so, and then you just pivoted. I graduated um, college in 2015 for undergrad and I went into this two-year conservatory after in New York City. So I was in it for two years. It was very intense. If you've ever seen the movie Whiplash, like that was my life. It was like nothing else but this program. And at the end of the second year, I started posting my photos on Instagram, which I was using as really an editing tool at the time and posting mirror selfies of different outfits I would put together, some things I would design and make myself, some things were more contemporary clothing. And instead of going into the theater world in real life and the production side of things, I just realized that, wow, I, I started having brands reaching out to me saying, oh, we'll pay you to come and do our spring campaign for Shop Up or we'll pay you to do this. And I, I was charging literally nothing because I just thought it was a really good experience and I thought it sounded really cool. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. I can add this to my resume in the future. And then I realized I can start charging a little more here, a little more there. And then I realized this is something that I can do full time. So you never even really had to quit a full time job or wow. So you've been working for yourself since 2017. Yes, I have. And it's funny because I I feel like you kind of brought up a great point of like what happened in the other two years <laughs> that I sometimes forget the part to tell that to tell my story that I was in a grad program. So I did have a lot of support from my family to go to this program, which was which I was always going to because I had auditioned for it sophomore year of college. So I knew oh, I was wow. going to do it right after school. Um, but once I, once I graduated, like I, they were like, okay, you better figure something out. And if I don't think acting really makes that much money right now, so you're going to have to figure out something to do to make an income, make a living for yourself. And, you know, I felt like I got in at a really good time in the industry, but I do want to stress that I think there is always room for more. There's always room for more creatives in the space. If you have a passion for something, you should put it out there on social media and see, you never know who's going to react or relate to it. Yeah. And I, I definitely want to dive into that a little bit more as well, but I'm curious as you're saying, like theater wasn't really lighting your soul on fire, like you mm -hmm. thought it would. So what is it about social media and what you were sharing online that was lighting your fire? Was it the community? Was it the fashion? Like what about it fills you up? 
So it was really a thousand percent about the community. I've always loved having that mentor aspect in my life, whether it was when I was younger and I would do big, big brother, big sister programs um, in different philanthropy aspects. I always loved being a mentor figure to people. That's always been something that has really um, been a passion of mine. So creating this community, which people were reacting to, and I was posting things that were a lot more surface level, fashion and beauty Mm -hmm. um, and food, like all very surface level things. But then I would have really intense um, messages with people that were following from all over the world. And I just loved it. Like I loved that. I, I was like, listen, I'm not a professional. I'm not a doctor. But if I can give advice for something that's really worked for me that I can share with this community, that is something that I've always wanted to do. And I can tell my story. And if that can help just one person, then it will be worth it. And then, of course, it graduated to more more deeper level topics where I still love fashion and beauty, but it, it started to become more about mental health and therapy and philanthropy. And it's been a really nice segue into those things of more lifestyle. And what's cool is that you're not an expert, you're not a doctor, and it it makes it so much more special because you're able to just be someone that's there to relate and there as a sounding board and there as a friend almost. Like we forget sometimes in our own communities that not everyone has strong communities around them, family, big sister, you know, like people don't, not everyone has that or a best friend figure in their life. And sometimes that's so much more valuable than seeking out an expert online, truly. Absolutely. I a thousand percent agree with that. And it's also why I've tried to have, you know, professionals in the field come on my platform because whether you're a doctor or um, a licensed therapist, I had my therapist come on during COVID to my platform multiple times because I knew that so many people, both men and women in my community, like that follow um, Honestly Kate, that they they, I've openly talked about going to therapy and how much it's helped me, but I know some people, number one, can't afford it. Number two, are scared to try it. Number three, don't even know where to start with how to find a therapist. So I was like, if I can open my community, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a licensed therapist. So how can I be giving advice? So I was like, why don't I bring on my personal therapist? Why don't I bring on my personal nutritionist? Why don't I bring on um, like my personal dermatologist to share their sites from a professional level. So I feel like it's also given me this platform to bring on other professionals that can share their insights without it coming from me necessarily, because I think sometimes what happens in the industry is it becomes extremely, it, it becomes, I saw, I saw this, um, this like meme once and it said like the blogger will see you now. <laughs> oh, all of a sudden influencers and bloggers think they're right. doctors, think they're nutritionists, think they're fitness professionals and they're not. So it's like you have to have the people that have have the background and the professional level degree, but it, it come onto your platform. And I've been seeing that more and more, which I think is great because people really listen to what you have to say as a, as a social media influencer and you don't want to be giving out false information. Completely. I think it's so important to know just because you have a large following doesn't mean you're an expert in all things, everything, even though people are going to ask you questions about everything under the sun. I think it's great that you're just bringing, you're still bringing them answers and resources, but it's not coming directly from you. Like, oh, I know this, 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 and that. You're bringing professionals on to help. And I think that's so Mm -hmm. important. And I'm curious, 
I don't know if you'll have a tangible answer for this, but like, how have you kept such a, a clear mind? I feel like when larger influencers are in the space for so long, it's easy to get swept up in it and swept up in being like the main character, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, sometimes it can, it can feel like celebrity status a bit at a point and it, it can really get to people's heads, but how have you been able to, you, you do so much philanthropy work, everything you just said just seems like you really have the understanding of what your role is and you're really just focused on community and not like it being all about me, 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 but more mm -hmm. so like bringing resources to other people and using your platform to help. So is that something that like a value system that you were brought up with, like where does that come from? Um, well, I, I love this point because there was like this real or TikTok voiceover this year that was like, be the main character of your life. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this is detrimental to people's health. Like what right. is going on? Why do people think this is a good thing? And I, I, I think of course it really does stem from my values and how it was brought up by my parents and always you know, I went to Quaker school and I'm Jewish fully, but I went to Quaker school growing up and it was really instilled at us from such a young age to put focus on others and not on yourself. And that I think really comes from my childhood. But I also find that, you know, being, it, it does kind of go back to my acting background, theater background, because I was always taught and how I kind of see honestly Kate and the brand is it's a kind of a heightened character of myself. It's more, it's not me all the time. I'm not always dressed up. I'm not always in glam. Like I look like a hot mess half the time and, or I'd say like 70 to 80% of the time. But I do think that you have to realize that that is your job and you also have to have a life outside of your job that doesn't focus on yourself and I think that people get really swept up into this like influencer blogger prototype that's like always recording and sharing what you're doing at all times of the day. And it can become really self-harming, I think, because you get so obsessed with yourself because right. you want to share everything you're doing. And I think that so I've really tried to just stay away from that since day one. I've seen so many people fall into this pattern um, I don't even know what it's called. I call it like the blogger prototype where you're like constantly recording everything you're doing. You're like going to certain meals so that you can post that food. You're doing, going to certain events so you can like share who you're with instead of doing things that you actually want to do. And I think it's really, really harmful to the influencers out there and the bloggers out there because they're not only harming themselves by like putting on this facade, but they're also harming their audience by sharing like by people thinking, oh, they love to do this, or they were invited to every event, or they eat this salad every single day, whatever it is. So I think you really have to try to find the balance between your life and your work. And I think I've also like surround myself with people that have kept me very grounded. I mean, like my best friend, my sister, my fiance, my parents, like they think my Instagram account is the funniest thing that ever happened to them. So like that in and of itself, like helps right. me to, like just bring everything back down to reality. But also because I called the account, honestly, Kate, like it's always been rooted in authenticity from like the day I started. Yeah. I never thought about that. Actually, the name, honestly, Kate, I love that. So 
talking about balance and like finding the balance and making sure that you're not just living for social media, mm-hmm. how do you do that? Like, how do you make sure that you're still doing things for you and not, do you find yourself like having to stop yourself from taking a photo or stop yourself from like picking up your phone and wanting to Instagram something? Or are you totally out of that habit? Um, okay. So of course I'm addicted to my phone. I feel like everyone is these days. And I, but when it comes to going to dinner or um, like being on vacation or doing anything on the weekends, I've always been really good about the balance of not taking it out. It's actually like, I feel like I pride myself on it a little bit. Like it's something that like when I'm with friends are always like, you're never on your phone or you're, you're never doing things on your phone. I'm like, I really try not to be like, I try to be in the moment when I'm with the people in my life, that's not work related. And when it comes to creating content, I really do try like once every two weeks to shoot as much content as I need, especially for brands. And then when I'm doing stories, I even try to sometimes pre-tape a lot of the stories so that I have like certain days to shoot content. Of course, I do share like in real time my workouts and like if I want to share a meal I'm making or going to, if I just like think about it, but I try not to make my life about content, if that makes sense. I really try to do the take the content I need during the work day, like pretty much like during a nine to five hours. And then, and I try to, you know, just really like be in the moment with people and friends. And like, I'll even have friends say to me like, Oh my God, when did you take that photo? Like we'll be out to dinner. And if I really, really want to take a photo of the food, cause I am the biggest foodie in the whole world. They're me like, Wait, when did you even take that? Like, I'm like, I'm really sneaky and fast. Like I don't focus on it. I just try to like get what I need and then move on. That's actually so funny. You say that because I, I resonate with that so much because my friends started saying to me like, why do you never want us in your YouTube vlogs? Like, why do you never want to vlog with us? You look like you have no friends. And I'm like, I just like to do it during the work day, like my own stuff. And then when I'm with friends or with my boyfriend or family, like I want to be so present. So I literally look like I have no friends because I never, ever upload anything with friends because I'm the same way. I'm like hyper aware of, it's not even like, oh, I want to prove that Mm -hmm. I'm not obsessed with social media. It's just like when it becomes part of your job and your day-to-day, you value the quality time with people that you love so much more and you Mm -hmm. don't want to be on your phone. At least that's how I am. But I know the other side of the spectrum is being so addicted that all you want to do is take photos and videos even when you're with people. And it can really be detrimental to relationships. It really, really can. I mean, I just started watching Nine Perfect Strangers. Did you start? I started it last night. What's that? It's a new Nicole Kidman on Hulu. And like one of the characters, I guess, is like an influencer Instagram where they haven't really gone into like what she does specifically yet. But um, it's kind of related to everything we're talking about, like her character. And I think that there is a way to do both. Like uh, this is what I always say, because sometimes my friends will be like, you didn't share. Okay, how do I say that? They will think it's funny to call me lyingly Kate. Because it's not that I don't, it's not that I'm lying about anything, but I share only 50% of my life. So everything I'm sharing is real and is actually happening. Like I'll take a photo of a salad 
or I'll take, but I'll also have a pizza next to it that like just won't have, like wouldn't have been shared. Cause I'm not trying to like also promote like the most unhealthy eating, which is like, I'm just like a foodie. So I'll, I'll, or I'll be with friends and I'll take a photo. I'm trying to like think of examples. I'll take a photo of like, like, like half of what's going on, but not share like my friends in the background who don't want to be right. like seen on social media or whatever their take is. So I share, I really say like 50% of my life and I just don't share 50%. And I know in this world we're living in, the more you share and the more personal things you share, the more you share your partner, the more you share your kids, the more you share your family. Obviously I'm aware that it just helps build your your presence and your following tremendously. We've seen it time and time again with so many influencers on the market that the more details they share, the bigger their following grows. And I'm fully aware of that. It's just not something that works for me. Yeah. And you provide so much value on your account and so much style and spo and everything you post is really not educational. Not That's <laughs> not the word to use, but you're providing a lot of value. So it, it sort of supplements that. But I feel like you have so much going on at once. Like, I like, okay, this makes sense. You share half of your life and like that's sort of how you balance that. But then it's like, how do you balance all the different things you're doing? Like when it comes to being an influencer and running your own businesses and being entrepreneurial, your our schedules are structured way differently than like the normal person in a nine to five corporate job. How are you handling like this hustle lifestyle? If you're like me, you enjoy it, you thrive off of it, but like then there's also periods of burnout or do you not oh. experience that? Oh my gosh, I have burnout every day, like twice a day. Yeah. I'm so confused by <laughs> Like I'm like, well, how do other people function? Like I don't know. But um, I, I still don't necessarily have the healthiest balance or know how to balance it myself. Luckily, I have the most incredible team and I could not, I've been signed with my agency and my agent for, I think we're going on three years this October. I'm pretty sure three years or no, it's definitely more than two. And I could not do anything at the moment without them. And I know that. And I just always was so hesitant to sign with the team or to bring on people to my team because this is the brand of Honestly Kate's, this baby that I created for myself that's so special to me that I was like, how can I give parts and pieces of it to other people? But I do really truly believe that in order to grow your own brand and for you to grow as a human, you need other people like helping build you up. So definitely with the team I couldn't do any of it without them I mean and I just do love the feeling I love to hustle like I love that feeling I have I have a lot of energy but I do feel like I'm constantly feeling burnt out and that I'm still figuring out the balance between I feel like for me it's someone I always want to work I, I my goal is like to be a working mom and like be a good example for my kids one day. And just, I love, I'm always so inspired by different entrepreneurs and working women and men, but I just find that is what gets me going or keeps me going. And it's like taking it day by day too, I imagine. Like, do you live by your calendar? What is your, like, what helps you survive organization-wise? I do have to take things day by day. So for example, I was in Montreal. I'm trying to get that pronunciation correct. Um, the last 
five days and we the flights were canceled on the way home because of this i'm gonna put in front like close hurricane that i didn't see um same and so i'm in montreal and i'm like oh gosh i have one of the biggest things of my life that i have to film monday morning and there are no flights like i'm like what am i gonna do like and my team was like just take it hour by hour I know you, Katie, you will find a way home. And I was like, I cannot, I, I, it's something like a really exciting um, hosting opportunity that's coming out, I think in like a month. So I can like let everyone know them. But I also had to host for my Amazon show yesterday and today. So I was, so my fiance is actually still in Canada, but I got away home. Like I like found a seat in my in-laws car with all their kids. I was like, they can sleep on me. I'll come in the car with you and help drive. But I just think it's about taking things really day by day and also knowing that like things come up and that's okay. And you have to remember like life happens and not everything is going to go to schedule and that's, you have to be okay with that. And you really have to be more go with the flow and less structural because I'm someone that's like so OCD and I have to like follow everything in the calendar, but things in come up all the time especially jobs like ours where it's you know you're running your own schedule like things run behind like I was just on a stream this morning that was running a little late so like I had it in the background when we started the podcast like on mute (laughs) so it's like things happen and you just have to be able to go with the flow and not let it stress or anger you yeah and I think that's so important for people to hear too because it's not for everyone Mm -hmm. and I think entrepreneurship influencer life like that entire lifestyle and career is so glamorized and I think it's incredible because it inspires me because I I don't know if you're into human design at all but Mm -hmm. I had Erin Claire Jones on the podcast and she was telling me all about my type manifesting generator and how like I feel my best when I hit the bed and I feel like I had the most productive, crazy day ever. And like, that's when I feel satisfied and fulfilled. But there are other people who that makes them like their most anxious, destroyed Mm -hmm. shells of themselves. And it's just not for everyone. So I think it's super important to share what it's really like, because it can either make you so excited hearing that lifestyle and be like, oh, I thrive in that. Like, I love the excitement. Or you realize like, maybe that's not for me. And it's not all just like getting on podcasts talking about how you're a founder of XYZ business. It's like all the in between where your schedule is just madness and you really do have to take it like day by day or even as you said, hour by hour. Absolutely. I find that it's so glamorized, this industry, and I have no idea why it's stuff. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say it's the least glamorous because, yes, there are some days where I do get to like dress up in like couture and go to events but like since COVID those days are over and most of my day is spent unboxing and reboxing products like that's 90% of my day yeah so speaking about how people are like sort of looking to you and other entrepreneurs for inspo so what about those people who do listen to this and they're like I still want that like that sounds like a dream I don't care what is your advice? I know you you touched on a little bit before, like it's not too saturated, share your stuff. So can we talk a bit more about that? Like for smaller creators and selfishly, like how to break in at this point in time? Because it's very different from when you started. 
Uh, completely. So I just find that if this is still something you really want to do, then absolutely go for it. Like there's no one that should, or no industry that should prevent you from going into it because it's too saturated. Like think about it. If you want to be a lawyer and you decide to go to law school at right at this moment, or like take the bar, there's 10,000 million lawyers out there. That's not stopping people from still applying to law school. And I think that it's the same in this industry, just because it's a newer industry. And there does seem that they're like, you know, of course, those influencers with millions of followers that got in at the earlier time. First of all, I think don't focus on your following because that means nothing. Like I am someone whose following has kind of plateaued for the last few years. And I used to be so concerned about my following. And I realized that it really doesn't matter. It, all that matters is that the followers that you do have are engaging in your content. So try really hard not to be like, I always say, um, everything for everyone out there. Just try to be that something from for someone because that someone is the one that's going to engage. It's the one that's going to buy what you're posting. It's the one that's going to continuously come back for more. And if you have that mentality, I think it's a lot easier. And also just like never, if you really have a strong passion for whether it's like food, fashion, beauty, fitness, um, finance, like there's so, like I think there's so many accounts out there that people are looking for that aren't even there yet. Like, I mean, there's just started recently to become more financial influencers out there. And like, to me, that's the most helpful. Those are the people I'm following yeah. because I'm like, oh my God, this is so interesting. I need to follow every single one of them that's on, out there on the internet right now because I need to get advice. And I find with beauty too, like, there's so there's still always going to be room for more. And if you have a passion about something that you want to share with the world, like why not just go for it and see where it goes? Like you never know. It could go somewhere really far. It could not go anywhere at all. And then you say, hey, let me do something else instead. But I feel like if you have the passion burning inside you, you need to just put it out there. I loved that advice. I feel like it was so different than anything I've heard before, even though it's not that unique, but it was just so encouraging. And I mean, something I always say like for YouTube, because I'm on YouTube is you, there's not a limit to the amount of people you can subscribe to. Like people don't have to unsubscribe to someone else to subscribe to my channel. Like we're always looking for new people to follow, new people to watch, new people to relate to and learn from. So there's, there's no limit in sight. And what is that quote? It's like, there can be someone who's not as smart as you or not as skilled as you, but they're doing better than you because they started. And it's yeah. like, you won't know unless you start and unless you do it. But I mean, it's easy to get discouraged because I hate the word saturation. I think it's stupid. I think there's room for everyone because no one is you as long as you're being yourself and not trying to mimic someone mm -hmm. else. But algorithm-wise, it is harder to get found when you're starting from square one. Mm -hmm. So I guess what is your advice for like just hanging in there? Because I think as long as you keep going, eventually you'll get there. Because so many people stop, and if you're the person who keeps going, you will get there. So, like, what is your advice to just keep going? I think you just have to do what's authentic to you and what feels good. So, for example, for me, I really am obsessed with watching other people's TikToks. I think it's so much fun. And I try to, like, get into it, too. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the next biggest thing. I have to get into TikTok. Like, I have to do a TikTok. And... um. 
I just sucked at TikTok. So I, it's so hard to do. I don't know how all these Gen Zers are putting it together so easily. It's like taking me two days to put one video together. And so I was like, okay, why am I wasting my energy when this doesn't even bring me any joy? It brings me joy to watch other people's, but it doesn't bring me joy to create them myself. So I had to just like get off my own personal TikTok and stop creating and stick to what actually brought me joy. So I also think that goes along with the same thing as, um, you know, I really do feel like there's this whole thing with like, being authentic, but I also feel that originality at this point is just overrated. And you have to like, of course, by following other people and looking at what other people are doing, you're going to get inspiration from them. And there's going to be other people out there that are doing something similar to what you're doing, have a similar look, have a similar style, producing similar content, and that's okay. And I think we're so focused on doing something so different and so unique. And that doesn't necessarily fit true to who you are maybe, and you should just do what you like to do and what brings you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of speaks to the evolution of everything you've been doing. I feel like, I mean, you tell me, did you get more into mental health in that conversation during the pandemic or was that something you were always interested in? It's funny. So it's actually psychology is always something that's like been of the most interest to me. It's actually why I went into the theater background because to me, finding out what goes through someone's mind that is so different than mine has Mm -hmm. always been my biggest interest. So I was like, okay, if I can study theater, which starts with, you know, like Greek mythology, like that's the roots of theater and acting, then I can figure out why certain people do what they do. And why certain people don't do what they do. Like, why does someone murder? Why does someone cheat? Why does some, like, what goes into their mindset? And so I've always been obsessed with psychology and psychologists and reading about them. And it's never, I always thought that if I went into that field, it would be too much for me. Like, I would take on my client's feelings and I wouldn't be able to handle it because I'm a very emotional person. Me too. So I went into more of the theater background of it, which is funny because some of my friends who did go into more psych backgrounds, we had the same textbooks for a lot of our classes. It's a very similar field. So it's always been something I've been really interested in. And I wasn't necessarily comfortable sharing it on my platform because I do still think that mental health has such a stigma around it. And I didn't want to start saying, well, I do this and I go to a therapist or I do this because, you know, therapy is truly expensive, especially in the United States where it's not for free. And I was sharing so many things that I have the privilege of doing. So like, why should I be talking about it? And then once I kind of got past that and like my ego in that sense, I started being able to be like, wait, this is something I should really share on my platform, especially when I'm more beauty and fashion focused when like that is what's driving so many people to have so much anxiety, like with filters and um, body image and all of that. So I was like, I have to start talking about it because this industry isn't. Now they are, thank God. But that in the, for a while, they the beauty industry and the fashion industry just were not discussing it. Yeah. Have you read Maybe You Should Talk to Someone? Okay, so I did, but I couldn't finish it. I'm in the middle of it right now and it's getting slow. So I understand. 
it's funny because, you know, of, of course, when that book came out, everyone's like, oh, my God, Katie, you'll be obsessed with this book. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, I, like, ran to the bookstore, like, ran to McNally's to grab it. I was, like, so excited. And I did not – I like that. I feel like a lot of people loved it. I really did like it. So I'm in a Facebook group, and half the people loved it. Half the people said okay. they stopped halfway because it was slow. I think I'm hitting a slump, but I'm going to just trust that, like, in a few chapters it'll pick back up again. I do find it fascinating. I wish it was, not to be rude to her, but more just about the patients because I feel like now it's getting into, like, the author a lot, and I'm so intrigued by, like, her analysis of the patients. Yeah. So I'm very into that. It's really funny. It's so funny because everyone I talk to either loves or hates it too. But there's other – okay, so there's another book that I also really didn't like. Um, So I'm, like, sorry to the author, but The Defining (laughs) Decade – I thought oh, I was also really detrimental for mental health as well. And so many people were talking about it. So I read it and it's all about like why your 20s define who you become. And I mm-hmm. just was like, this is so negative because people can define who they want to become at any age and they can switch career paths and switch emotional states and whatever goes into it that we shouldn't be putting so much pressure on people like in a certain time frame to define who they are. I thought, and then there was one book that I did really like that I recently read that's also really popular in five years. Okay, that has been on my list, so I'm definitely going to read it next. I I relate to you so much when you were talking about, like, I always used to think, oh, my God, I would be such a good therapist because I give all my friends advice, yeah. but I would take everything home with me, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't do it. And I was also in theater when I was younger, so I'm, it's like my gears are turning right now. Maybe totally. that was part of it, just being able to, like, tap into other people's emotions. But you do – maybe that makes you a good actress, being able to take on other people's emotions but not a great therapist. Well, okay, so I think it makes a great actress and a great therapist. For me personally, it made me really exhausted because I was, like, taking on, especially when I was acting, like, these characters so seriously where I, like, would leave, like, my program and I couldn't talk to anybody, like, the rest of the day. And I was, like, so intense. And I was, like, I applaud people that can come in and out of it so easily. I'm not one of those people. I was, like, so, like, if I was playing someone who went through such a trauma, like, I would be so depressed the rest of the day. Or, like, it was just too much for me. And I do find that not that I've been the therapist or anything, but I'm similar to you and that I'm always like love, I love giving advice and I love, I'm very solution oriented. Like when you come to me for problems, which is a good thing and bad thing, a great thing for friends can be a negative thing I've learned in a relationship. Like, uh, like, because like, for example, anytime my fiance like has something to say, my immediate response is to get, is like to tell him my solution and sometimes he's like, wait, I didn't ask for your, like, yeah. you. like I'm just telling you what happened. And I'm yeah. like, oh, but I see the, I see the answer so clearly. And I think that it's like, for me, it's a fine line with friends that I'm very close with and my fiance, just like figuring out like, okay, when to give advice versus when someone's, when not to give advice because someone's not asking for it. I'm the same way. I started catching myself recently and being like, okay, just listen. I don't need to be like, oh, do this. It's like, no, sometimes people just want to talk and let yeah. it out. And you'd be like, I hear you. I feel you. Like, and yeah. that's it. And then if they ask for advice, you can give them a solution. But like totally. to hit 
right away with the solution. It's like, okay, sometimes people don't want to come to you then because they just want to like be heard and vent and let yeah. it out. So I, so I relate true. with you a lot on that. Have you learned a lot of this in therapy? Like, do you find that therapy has helped you learn a lot about yourself? How long have you been in therapy? Because I know for me, it's been like life changing over the past few years. Mm -hmm. I went when I was younger, but mm -hmm. I don't think I truly understood the power of it until now when I'm an adult and like want to work on myself and understand myself more. It's been so transformative. So I'm curious what your experience has been. I find the same thing. I find um, I started going to therapy because I lost a really close friend of mine when I was in college and I went to a grief counselor and it was so helpful. And I remember I loved going to the grief counselor so much that I just continued to go and talk about things that had nothing to do with that specific issue and grief I was going through. And so my grief counselor was like, you know what, like, this isn't what I do. Like you need to find a different therapist. And so I was like, okay. So I did a lot of research and tried different therapists out. And I did find one that I really resonated with. And my biggest advice is that, especially for people trying out is it is something that you, it's like dating. You can't just walk into your first appointment and be like, okay, I have to like this person and I have to continue going to him or her. I think that it's really about someone that fits for you and you should feel really good when you leave your therapist's office like or FaceTime or however you're doing it these days. Like I never hang up with my therapist and then like I always feel much better. Like I feel a sense of relief and I feel like answers are being answered and things are more clear. I never leave feeling worse. And I think that's something that I will give advice to people is like, you should feel some type of relief when you leave. And I do. And I love it. I find, I, I find it's just so incredibly helpful to speak to someone who is completely outside of your own world and has opinions and is not in your family or friends and just is completely outside of things. I try to go at least once a month and just like keep myself on track. And if I do have like a specific problem, like I'll go more, but it's just so helpful. It's the same thing with exercise. Like the more you do it, the more you're going to respond better and react better to when things come up. Yeah. I also think that's good advice, like expense wise, that you can just mm -hmm. do it once a month sometimes when yeah. you're feeling good or when things are busier, just to keep it up. So there you can check in once a month and then as things get a little crazier and you feel more overwhelmed or a certain type of emotion, you can go more frequently. I think that's good advice. I also think it's important. I like that you were mentioning like the relief you feel because I think people can get very discouraged when they try out one or two therapists and they don't <laughs> like it. And then they kind of give up on therapy instead of waiting for that great relationship and connection. What is your advice just from bringing other professionals onto your platform and hearing yeah. other professionals advice? Like what is your what advice can you relay about finding a therapist? Is it like psychology today? Like, do you have any tangible tips on how to actually find one? So what's worked for me and for people around me is kind of, you know, to ask friends who you like yeah. inexplicably trust for recommendations and then to go from there. So I found mine that I'm seeing now through a friend. It's like my friend's therapist therapist friend mm -hmm. like and I find that when you speak to therapists and maybe you're not going to want to see one that a friend of yours are seeing is seeing of course or a family member is seeing but like 
the therapist in your city will know other therapists and know who, what direction to point you in. And I feel like that's the best way to go about it. I know that there's also, of course, like lists and they're online and you can try it that way. But I always think recommendation is the best way to go and to start from there. And if you really can't find someone that way, that way, then like start looking online. Yeah. And you mentioned a grief counselor. I'm, I've always been curious, like what is the difference between obviously a therapist, you talk about anything and a grief counselor, you talk about grief, but is there, does it work in the same way that therapy does? And then they just have a specialization in grief. So not for me for, so it was interesting because I kind of started with that and then went into Mm -hmm. like more normalized therapy. So grief counseling, I mean, I can't speak to a lot of grief counselors because I only saw one, but it was very specified on the problem and the person and how I was reacting to it. And it was only about that. Like the second I started going off into other things, the, like the counselor was like, this isn't what I do. Like, this isn't my forte. You need to like speak to someone else if this is something that you want to speak about. But I kind of was sitting there being like, I love this counselor and they give such a good good advice on grief that they must be giving great advice for other things as well. So I I might as well start asking and see where it goes. (laughs) And that's kind of how it starts. So it was definitely more specialized. And I, I know other friends who have seen grief counselors. I think they feel the same way. Like they'll grief counselors, um, spends the time specifically on the grief that they're going through at the moment and helps them navigate that. And whereas like I have a friend who see, who has seen both a grief counselor and a regular counselor at the same time. I don't know if it's called a regular counselor or a lifetime. Like, I don't know. I guess um, a psychologist a psychologist versus a grief like counselor. Yeah. At the same time. But I think grief counselors can also be psychologists. So I'm not sure. I'm like, wait, what should I call it? I don't know. So, um, so anyway, yeah. Oh, a talk more, therapist, I a think. A talk therapist. Okay, that's yeah. what it is. And I'm also someone who, you know, I have a lot of opinions, which I don't think anyone's surprised about. And I have <laughs> a lot to say. And I needed um, a talk therapist to talk to me and tell me, like, no, get out of that mindset. Do this. Don't do that. Talk to this person. X that person out. Like, I needed that because I'm someone who can, like, I I mean, it's a positive, I guess, like try to find like good in a lot of situations, but it doesn't necessarily get me in a good place. That makes sense. Okay. Well, I can't (laughs) believe it's already been 50 minutes, but let's go into the endings. I know I could talk to you for hours. I feel like Um, like, 100%. (laughs) So let's go into the ending segment. It's called fun facts and favorites. First question. If you had to live in one outfit every day, what would it be? Ooh, it would be my high-waisted Levi's 501 skinny jeans and probably like a Cotton Citizen t-shirt. You would choose to wear jeans every day? Yeah, I love jeans. No, I love my Levi's. I I only wear Levi's and Joe's jeans. I got those. I got those exact Levi's ones. And I, it was in college and we went to a pregame and I could not sit down. Like, you know how tight they are? Again, you you can't wash them. You just continuously wear them. That's my goal. I literally could not sit down. Hilarious. (laughs) Okay. Favorite book you've read? Favorite book? It's okay. So my favorite book is called Reconstructing Amelia, and I just love it. And I hope they make a movie or a TV show out of it one day. It's similar to Defying Jacob, which they did have, 
a defending Jacob, sorry, which did become a TV show. So I'm praying this one does too. Okay. Got it. I've actually never heard of either of those. So got to oh, check them out. They're thrillers. So I've never done thriller before until I read Verity by Colleen Hoover. And now, so good. yeah, I think I need to venture off because I loved that. Yeah. Okay. When do you feel your happiest? I feel my happiest when I'm like eating Chinese food with my fiance and our dog on my couch. Where do you get Chinese food? Han Dynasty. That's my favorite. Really? Okay. I need to, I, I have not gotten good Chinese, well, except in Chinatown at Noodle Village. I've never gotten good Chinese, like I don't have good Chinese takeout here. I only get it in Long Island. I get Hunan Taste. Oh my I God. don't have like. Yeah, I grew up at Hunan Taste. Me too. Wait, where are you from? I'm from Locust Valley. I'm from Roslyn. <laughs> so, I mean, I grew up at Hunan Taste. That's like my go-to. But Same. here, I love Han Dynasty, and in Chinatown, I love Four Five Six. Okay, that's. I think that's right near Noodle Village, so I'll have to try it's that. So good. I also just like love, love, love Mr. Chow. I went there the other night, and I just was like, it's so good. It never gets bad. That's like not normal takeout Chinese food. No, no, that's, that's takeout. That's fancy. Yeah, but it's so good. So good. Okay. What would be your last meal on earth? It would probably be Ruby Rosa tie-dye pizza with the vodka sauce. Yum. Okay. Where can the people find you? The people can find me on my Instagram at honestly Kate, and I guess every single day almost on Amazon Live. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, thank you so much. This was so fun. We should definitely talk soon. Definitely. Well, thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there and I will see you guys next week. Bye.